seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 9-5 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect us at and away from our gaming tables and computers. I am your host, as always, Daquan Watson, and so far, for 95 episodes, still have one dude that goes by the name of Brian Allen by my side. How's it going, man? Doing good. Uh, got a Frito pie here, Dr. Pepper, all these college football, and I can be none more Southern. Man, that is, that is definitely a Southern snacking ordeal there. A Frito pie and a Dr. Pepper. And, and you know what's sad? I lived in the home of Dr. Pepper and the Dr. Pepper Museum for years, and I didn't go till I'd already been there like probably eight years. Wow. And at the end, though, you can get an awesome Dr. Pepper float. <laughs> I was going to say, they would have to have some just Dr. Pepper delicacies. Yeah, they've got an old setup that's kind of like a like the original, I don't know what you would call it, like the soda stand in a pharmacy sort of thing. Oh, but you go in and it's, yeah. yeah, it's like the old soda jerk thing, and then they can mix it with ice cream. And yeah, it's great. It's great. If you ever get a chance, go check it out. It is totally worth it. It's a good afternoon trip if you want to go down there. And honestly, they also have like a zoo and they've got like a mammoth dig if you want to go check that out. So you could make an afternoon evening of it if you wanted to. There's there's plenty to do down there. But before we get to the rest of our business, we got to remind you if you'd like to support the show, check out patreon.com/colorofmagic. For just a couple of bucks, you can help us keep the lights on, support our kids and pets and our hobbies, honestly, to keep us enthralled so we can keep finding more information for you and honestly it lets us take time away from other things so we can keep finding interesting things to discuss on the show because man we talk about all kinds of stuff which oh boy this week you this might be one of those weeks where you just you grab a little bit of tea <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you strap yourself in for a little bit get a comfy cushion maybe a pillow kick back on the couch because we got some things to talk about but also one of the people that does help us keep this going every week Cardsphere.com. If you don't check them out, you really should. They're a great place to where you can go ahead and sell your cards at the price you want. You could buy cards at the price you want. They're good for organizing stuff. Honestly, I've even caught myself using the site a couple of times just for general information. And I'm just curious what something's worth or, you know, what set something was in or whatever. It's just it's got a, it's a good little site. Really good. And Brian also writes some articles over there periodically. So you can go over there and get, get some extra fill if you like the show. And the other thing I like about Cardsphere is they do a lot to support other Magic content creators as well. So, And they're not all just big creators either. They have really stepped up to support some of us that were smaller and growing before we had an audience or anything. So want to give props for that too. I mean, always, always support those people that are helping support those that are up and coming in the community. So go check them out, Cardsphere.com. And then finally, if you want to get yourself a little something, a little playmat, maybe some tokens... You know, get yourself a few little things to outfit your gear as we get back to playing in our local game stores. Go check out colorofmtg.com slash shop. We got all kinds of stuff over there. You can go ahead and get a little bit. We'll mail it out for you. We'll even sign some things if you want. And you can get some free shipping and we ship around the world. So go do that. Give it a look. Help us out there. Now, I'm going to over here. I don't know if you're going to hear it on the mic. I'm going to crack my knuckles because oh. uh, we're going in today. 
We're going in. There's a lot of things, y'all. This is going to be a good one. I'm telling you. This is what, this is legit. I'm, the crowd needs to be louder. Like, this is one we get to be a little upset about. Because our boy, LeVar Burton, apparently is not getting the Jeopardy hosting job. And I'm, and I, I'm a little bothered by that because he's the only one outside of like the for real celebrity, like, like Aaron Rodgers or whatever, right? He was the one for real person I saw people like campaigning for from like the day one when they first heard he was even gonna host, you know, months ago when they were putting out the list of guest hosts or whatever. And then when his week was coming up, I saw it shared everywhere. I saw people posting about it. It's popping up on my timeline, on my phone and on Twitter. And then to find out he apparently never really had the job anyway. That's crazy. How does, how does, how is he not even in consideration? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Sounds like the whole guest host thing might have been like, hey, let's just, you know, get people talking about Jeopardy right now. And they may have probably already known Mike Richards is going to be the guy since he's a producer. It's also awkward that he's a producer. Like, did you just hire yourself? (laughs) Is that a thing he had the power to do? I don't know. Yeah. and, And I'm with you, too. Like. I mean, he's hosted some other things. So, I mean, he's he's got a little experience and stuff. But, like, if you put him in a pile, and this isn't even like a race thing. Because one of the other finalists, from what we understand, was Mayim Bialik, who I think would be great. I would love to have yeah, her as the host. I would, I would absolutely watch that. Yeah, in a heartbeat, I would, I would take her o- over Richards. But my thing is, if you just put all these different celebrities they had in a pile. He's like the most boring to use the expression milk toast choice. Like he's just bland. Like he's not bringing anything to the table. He's not exciting or interesting. He's not doing anything different than what we had before, other than just being younger. It's just like, why, why is he the choice? Like you had all these people to pick from and you went with the most boring basic generic person like don't get me wrong the dude's got like an emmy or whatever i think so like he's 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 got credentials don't worry it's not like i expect him to be bad at the job but he's just a boring choice he's not different he's not interesting he doesn't make me want to tune in it's like because here's the thing because trebek was at least endearing you know he had a way about how he spoke to the guests or the the participants you know he he was he came off different in interviews he came off like that person that was both smart but that you wanted to listen and learn from you know which is kind of hard to do because sometimes if you're trying to come off like that you come off being conceited or standoffish or know-it-all or whatever and he found a way to balance that very well yeah, if you're not careful, you become, you know, who's that one? Uh, the Beast. <laughs> you know, you yeah. think it'd be you to sound like that if you're somebody that knows everything. Comparison to both of us, everything. Yeah, so like, totally get it. But yeah, I just looked at this and I was just like, how? How did this person, how is he the choice? But even, there is, you know, breaking news all over Twitter that it's not breaking news, it's an old lawsuit, but apparently when he was a producer on the price is right. There were some allegations of sexual harassment. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Well, 
maybe it ain't going to last long. Yeah, like, maybe. You know, you know what else would have been awesome? Like Ken Jennings, but you do it King of the Hill style. So like, oh, wow. if you get o- over X amount of dollars, you get to be the new host. <laughs> oh, that would be great. So like, there's another another goal, right? If you go like X number of days in a row, you get to be the new host or whatever. And then Jennings has to go back on the show to win his spot back or something. But honestly, if you even if you were going to go, why with the white they not ask you about this, Dakota? That, I would. That's the best idea I've heard yet. I think. But here's the thing, right? Even if you're going to go with white dudes, like you could have went with Anderson Cooper. Well, I doubt Anderson's looking for another job. I'm sure CNN is paying him more than enough. Sure, that's fair. He, but he was one of the guest hosts, I think. Yeah, because same thing. Sanjay Gupta was on there, and again, I don't think either of them was looking for another gig. Yeah, another I don't player. think he would have taken. I think if they had paid Aaron Rodgers enough money, he would have walked away from football. He already has. Sounds like he don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> So you could have got him, too, if you really wanted somebody. And people would have tuned in for that. And then, like I said, Maya Bialik, to me, like Katie Couric, I'm like, nah, she comes with a little bit of news baggage and stuff or whatever. So, like, I kind of get that one. But Maya Bialik, to me, seemed like the choice. If you want to go with somebody different, somebody that people are already into, she has a big following from the Big Bang Theory. She had her own TV show, you know, 10, 12 years prior to that. And that was a thing. So it's like, come on. Like, she's a scientist. Yeah, she's a legit scientist. That's the other thing. She's got real credentials. Like that that to me would have been the choice. So I hope, I hope. Now, admittedly, I don't want it to come out that anybody's been harassed or anything like that. But if it's true and this dude doesn't get the gig, I really hope they consider Maya Bialik as the second choice. Assuming we're not going to come back and talk to LeVar Burton again about it. Because those, those are my two front runners. It's not yeah, even close. And from what Variety was reporting, apparently it was like Richards and then uh, Bialik and apparently a Buzzy Cohen were the ones that were that were supposedly and, and, and you know that's you know not anything confirmed by Jeopardy. That's just what's being reported. Buzzy Cohen. I mean, I I, I guess. And I, I, I'm sure they wanted to at least consider you know one of the one of the people that's won on the show before. I get that. Yeah. So like that, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one for me. I it's just like seeing that news just it's just like really like it and it's and this comes back to the stuff we talk about in society as a whole that when there's opportunities it's like why don't you try to go different? And this and to me this isn't even a stretch to go different. Like usually I get it when you're like, "Ah, do we want a woman host? Ah, do we want a black person host?" Blah, like but these are both people who have followings that are interesting, that have a former basis in education. <laughs> like they are the perfect hosts for Jeopardy. They're but, a handful of people who can mobilize more nerds. Than exactly. I'm just like, how? How is this not a thing? Like, LeVar Burton has all the nerds behind him for this show. One, because we all grew up watching Reading Rainbow. Right. And then apparently he did a later Reading Rainbow show that people still watch. And he was a Star Trek dude forever. So it's like, okay, that one's a slam dunk. And then we like we're saying about Maya Bialik. She already has pop culture status. She was on the, arguably, whether people like it or not, the biggest nerd show of all time. And she's a scientist. It's like... How are either of them not chosen 
over this other dude who like his credentials like, oh, yeah, well, he's hosted some stuff before and he's a producer of some things like, OK, so he knows how to make a TV show, but he's kind of bland. So like, yeah, I don't know. And, I, and it feels bad, too, I think, coming off of somebody that's as big a personality as Trebek to just scaling down to Richards. You know what and I mean? just, it was going to be a huge ask for whoever ended up getting the job. Totally agree. Those are some real shoes to fill from a like pop culture standpoint. Whoever else is going to end up doing it, one going to end up doing it for what, what was he there for? 30 years or something insane. Oh, that's the other thing. I would not be surprised if all this blows over and Richards does get the job that he's not even hosting in three years. I could totally see a scenario where he's just not as entertaining to watch and people just aren't as connected to him as a personality. Because I've watched some of the other stuff he's done or hosted where he did like Beauty and the Geek, I think he was on because I think I recognize him from that. And a couple of shows, I want to say on the Game Show Network that he did. But like he's just generic host. Like he, he wasn't. You know, there's not it's barely member. I had to think really hard to see where I'd even seen the guy before. So, like, he's just not memorable. You know, and that's my complaint. When you have tons of other people you brought on as guest hosts that people would have been happy with. But all right, we'll come back to this whenever we see where the uh, mm-hmm. the lawsuits shake out or whatever's going on. Yeah, there's we said breaking news. <laughs> but anyway, I hear you got another fun one we can talk about, Brian. So apparently at a Blurred Con, which is a huge uh, convention, you know, for those of you who don't know, Blurred is a portmanteau of black nerd. And apparently a white woman won the cosplay contest, which apparently that isn't necessarily the first time that's happened. But there were there were quite a few people that were unhappy that thinking there were much better costumes than the one that ended up winning. And it became a huge fiasco. And really, I would say probably wasn't really handled well by the organizers or the judges in trying to respond to all the controversy. Yeah, that's a tough one for me, man, because though the convention is to celebrate black nerd culture, right? It has a bunch of black guests, a bunch of black speakers, a bunch of resources for, you know, black people trying to make it in the nerd and entertainment industries and whatever. Like, that's what the convention is for. I don't, in principle, have a problem with a with a white person participating in the cosplay contest. My problem, though, is when I went and researched and saw the costume that won versus the several that did not win. And I think that turned out to also be the complaint of a lot of people that were unhappy. Yeah. And one of the judges, you know, was was saying that, well, the, the black people need to step it up. You know, they didn't have good costumes. And there, if you do just even a bit of research, you see there are some incredible costumes Dude. done by other cosplayers. Like, here's the problem I have. And OK, now, for those that don't know, the person who won, her costume was just Cardcaptor Sakura, right? The red dress, the staff, you know, that whole thing. And she apparently made her dress, which, you know, making a dress is not an easy thing. So credit to her for assembling that. Like, that does take actual skill and talent. But my problem was, like, all right, she had the wig on, but the wig wig just kind of looked like a generic wig. 
you know, she the dress was still wrinkled. She didn't even take like a steam iron or anything to it. So it's like if we're nitpicking costumes, it's like, uh, okay. And we absolutely are if it's a cosplay costume. Yeah. And maybe because it was more recognizable. Because sometimes that's the thing. Like I've seen it in other cosplay contests, other conventions that like, well, they can relate to that one more and they're excited about it more and it gets better, better votes or whatever. Better scoring. But there was some like one chick, she had one on that like she custom made every part of that. They're like every single thing from the the shoe boots, whatever, all the way up to the shoulder pads were all custom painted, built, like heated, warped, whatever. And it was the perfect form fitting, whatever. And I'm like, I don't even know that character, but I'm like, how does this not win? Yeah, because in my opinion, that's what you're judging, you know, is who really put the most amount of work and I guess had the best execution on the work that they did. Yeah, I don't even have to know the characters. And I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Because it took me a while. I had to go like on a deep dive to find other costumes to compare. But I totally get it. Now, and me and you, we talked about this a lot uh, before the show. But also, there's kind of the like personal ethics thing to the whole thing, right? Yeah, because let's say somebody's having a, a competition here, you know, here in Texas, or let's say uh, best Latin comedian. Okay, I'm not going to enter that competition because I know I'm not who they're trying to spotlight. Yeah. So to me, if to me, I wouldn't enter it. If, if I were white, I wouldn't enter the cosplay competition at Blurred Con. But I mean, it's just how I would handle it. See, that to and, me is like joining the, the Miss Black America contest. Like that's not <laughs> that's not to, here to represent you. See, that's where I was going, right? If there was a thing, and, and hell, it could be a convention to or an event to raise money for. I don't know, women's rights, right? We'll, we'll say that. Even if that's all it is, and it's an open cosplay contest, I would rather women enter so we can celebrate more women at a thing where we're trying to raise money to support women. That would seem you know what I mean? Sense. Like, just on principle, I wouldn't do it. Like, that's the only part problem that bothers me with it. I'm like, eh, do you really want to put yourself in that situation? Right? If I'm doing something up here that's, same thing, right? A big thing celebrating Native Americans. Like, I probably shouldn't be entering things where I might win. Or even could win. I'm not really saying that I will, but like, do, do I want to put myself in that spot when it's not really necessary for me to? And you're taking away other opportunities because a lot of these cosplay prizes come with other benefits. Some of yeah, them are like, cash. I think in this case, yeah, this case, I think you got to be a judge at another event. There was, I think, you got a booth at another event. Yeah, so and in some of those, those are multiple hundred dollar tables, right? So somebody else is losing out on an opportunity potentially because you are entering in these contests as well. And again, so if Blurred Con, you know, doesn't stand up for content creators and uh, or uh, cosplayers of color you kind of who is going to in the cosplay space yeah that's a tough one right and like i said if now if she and like i said if she'd have done a crazy over the top like doctor strange thing and like her hands lit up with little holograms and she had like a, a mechanical thing to make the cape look like it was alive or whatever 
then you'd look at that and go like, okay, she deserved to win. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't even question. You'd be like, all right, cool. But the problem was when you started comparing it to other ones, I get why people were mad because they're looking at other costumes and going like, well, what about this person who did all this extra work or this person who made all this personal gear or this person who made completely form-fitted armor or all this stuff. And then you have somebody else who, yeah, she made a dress, but hell, she couldn't even be bothered to iron it and fix up a wig. You know what I mean? And it's like, eh, that's rough. That's rough. And we do need to mention that apparently she received a lot of hate mail and bullying, and that's not the way to handle the situation. True. That that needs to be called out. And honestly, not even in this situation, but in a lot of situations. Yeah. Because she, in and of itself, she did nothing directly malicious to anybody. She wasn't even out there gloating. She even publicly came out and said, like, I see where all the hate's coming from. Totally get why people are mad. I probably shouldn't enter the contest, you know, but yet people were still harassing her. And it's like, and she had already said, like, I'm giving all the prizes back. I'm working on a way to make sure it goes to another person, you know, all this stuff. So, like, I, I mean, she she tried to do right by everybody and people were still hating. And that's the thing where, to me, one of the judges or organizers should say, hey, this really, you know, is to celebrate, you know, celebrate cosplayers of color. So you're, we're fine, you know, if you want to enter. But again, I just probably don't feel like she should should have won. That's my thing. Like I said, I'm fine with you entering. Just know that like you need to be really good or you're going to know how this is going to be perceived. And that's in any environment where it's to celebrate a certain thing. Like I said, even if it was for something celebrating women, just know if a dude were to step in and win something, you better make sure it's super convincing or it's going to look real bad. Because you know, somebody, thing. you know, that, that's been in various talent competitions, that, that's part of being a judge. It's part of the judge's responsibility. If somebody comes out there and they can't sing, hey, you're either, you know, somebody's telling them that or, you know, if you're just putting them out there <laughs> to make a fool of themselves and it's that kind of show, okay, you know, I guess let somebody, or maybe don't let somebody know that. <laughs> but, and And that's why I went and looked at for the other pictures. You know, because part of it was like, okay, if the judges are saying everybody else need to step up, then, okay, maybe the others just weren't that good. But I went and looked. And actually, here's the messed up part. I think I found a thing from that woman where she was dressed up as like Captain America or something for another thing. I think it was the same person. And the Captain America outfit was dope. And I was like, okay, at least if this one, I get it. You know, like, because it was pretty clean. All the gear and everything looked right. You know, fancy shield all done up. But this card capture soccer thing wasn't even like it was it. It was rep- reminiscent of the character. But I was like, eh, you know, like, was that that much better than everybody else? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And seemed like the <laughs> seemed like the uh, result or the, the, the feedback that came from most people was no. Yeah, exactly. Most people anything, didn't feel that way. Anything, I know costumes, it's very <laughs> subjective, but still, when, you know, when the majority, or what do you say majority, when a bunch of people <laughs> that were there, because it is apparently something like this has happened before, but it's the first time I've heard about this kind of backlash. So. Well, yeah, a but I think the last people, time it was like, okay, the person's costume was really good. So people kind of went like, yeah, all right, I get it. But this time, when you're saying like, oh, well, everybody else had to step up. And then people go look at it and go like, uh, these other costumes are dope. Like, you know, like, then you got a problem. 
when when the other person wins and they are obviously the choice or one of like maybe two people you could have picked from for the choice, like nobody's upset about it. There's like, yeah, I would have rather somebody else win, but like, yeah, they got a pretty fly costume. I get it. But in this case, I don't think that was it. And I think that's why people were mad. But anyway, let's leave that, Brian, because it's time to talk about some fun stuff that we learned. Because as always, we're always trying to get better and smarter. And we just want to share, what did you learn last week? This is also under the category of breaking news. Apparently, there is a cobra loose in Grand Prairie, Texas. Where the hell does a cobra come from? It's Texas. I know. (laughs) Yeah, you answered your own (laughs) question. But Texas Parks and Wildlife said apparently whoever had this thing, it was legit. They had all the proper paperwork, which is to be very scary to think that maybe somebody, my next door neighbor, could have a cobra. And apparently there's paperwork they can have where that's legit. How is that not a violation of every HOA in Grand Prairie? To like even own no a cobra, idea. like that is the most insane. Why, honestly, if you live in the city, why do you even need to own a cobra? Maybe they're making anti venom, which again in Texas, I don't know why you need cobra anti venom. You don't they're do that native. in the you don't do that in the city. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like if you, you want, know, you can you can own like a like a. I don't know. There's a, a a ball python. You can own one of those. And those are totally legit and fine and docile. And if you just need a snake, like owning a cobra in the city just sounds <laughs> crazy to me. If you just need a snake, you don't. <laughs> I guess well, yeah, but I'm just saying there, there are snakes that make. Do you need a snake? But there are snakes cobra? that make good pets. That's all I'm saying. Like if you want a pet no, snake, not. there are other choices. You don't no, need to have a thing. I'm just good. I guess I am coming down hard so people level. No snake makes a good pet, Dequan. I'm just saying, like, if you got to have one, why is a cobra the choice? They got lizard brains. Why would you want a pet that will never learn to recognize you as anything other than a source of food? Well, that's most animals, sadly. (laughs) No, your dog, you know, dogs, cats, they love on you. Hey, you're talking to somebody, you're talking to somebody that we, we raised and hunted birds and like, you're basically giant refrigerators to every bird of prey. That's the only reason they work with you. <laughs> like seriously, they, you can you can train them in a couple of days because they're just like, oh, well, if I'm cool with you, I get fed. So that seems awesome. And then a couple of days later, you got a bird you can hunt with. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so people, you know, can't bond with their falcon like they do in the movies. Like the beach uh, not really. Thing. They so. they become like what we call imprinted, where they acknowledge you and work with you and whatever, and they kind of get friendly with you. But it's more just like a, I don't know the best way to describe it. It's more of a uh, necessity kind of relationship. Your source of food. Yeah, like more, more than a like emotional attachment. Like that can happen over time, but it's not as common for a lot of people, I guess. But I mean, it totally looks that way because that's, you, you know, a lot of people can't read bird emotions. So, you know. I'm going to guess most people can't read bird emotions. Well, yeah, like I barely can. And that's just because my lady's a falconer. So, you know. Drama, <laughs> what do we learn? Every week I learn something about Daquan's. It's just like, oh, by the way, my lady's oh, a dude, falconer. I tell people all the time, like I am a very lucky person. Like I like. 
for being a dude who grew up poor and didn't have much, like I have taken a weird journey that I have met so many different people from so many different corners of the earth, so many like financial status and whatever that it's given me a really cool perspective. So I'm really happy about that. But like, I'm just glad I have witnesses to a lot of things or it would sound like I was just making stuff up all the time. Uh, are, are you in the FBI? <laughs> no, I'm definitely not an undercover FBI like, agent. This would be a hell of a long con, man. I don't know who I'd be setting up to try to take down. <laughs> magic players. <laughs> There's some magic player that's, that's uh, using arena to launder money. I guess so. This would be a long script, by the way. Y'all all all witnessed it. You heard it here. So if that comes out, Liam Neeson is doing a magic podcast with a particular set of skills. That's our movie. You beat me to it. I was just about to say that. I have a very particular set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But Cobras in Grand Prairie. That is crazy, dude. I don't even know. And because social media is social media, of course, the Cobra has a Twitter account. So, yeah, go check that out. What do you even do if you know, like, there's a cobra in the loose, possibly in your neighborhood? Like, I do you just not go outside? Well, it was already pretty much to that point <laughs> over the past couple of years. Well, yeah, but I'm like, do you not let the kids play in the yard? Like, I mean, like, you just, you, just or do you bring your pets inside? Like, I don't even know. Like, I've never been in a situation where there might be a loose cobra. Like, I can't I, imagine very many people, certainly in Texas, have ever been in. Now, in fairness, Texas has a bunch of poisonous snakes. True, true. Cobras on a whole other level. You don't expect to just walk out of your house. And... Copperhead, rattlesnake, okay, we're used to that. Yeah, I don't even know. That's such a weird thing. I don't even know what I would do. Like, let's say I identified the cobra. Like, I'm. You know, I'm working in the garden. I look over across the yard and I'm like, the, the hell is a cobra doing in my yard? I'm hauling ass inside. Like, <laughs> like You're going to go get your falcon. No, I wouldn't even let my bird go after that. Like, I, you oh, just, okay. you, it's not worth it. <laughs> you probably yeah. just lose both animals. Yeah. Realistically. Mostly because a captive bred bird is probably not going to have the same hunting tactics of a wild bird. So there's a chance it catches it too low on the tail, and then it's going to kill the snake, but also get bit. So at the end of it, you just have two dead animals. Wow. Yeah. I, again, your expertise this <laughs> is amazing. Just I'm saying. Glad like, you were here for this. It's if the same I reason, see the cobra. It's the know. same reason, like, if you're hunting, I say city hunting, but you're not, like, out in the deep woods or whatever, hunting with the bird. You also try to avoid, like, squirrels for some similar reason. So your bird just doesn't get bit up or whatever. They're city hunting and, and I guess kind Yeah, of like I call it, but I mean it's not like you're not going through downtown or whatever, but just like you're not right, out in, in the back woods. <laughs> Bring me no, McDonald's. Okay. okay, sidetrack since we are in the what did you learn segment. Here's a way to something to educate people on. You know, that's actually that they use actual falconers in cities for multiple things, actually. Like okay. to scare away birds from like parking lots and stuff to keep them out of the trees. They'll actually bring a falconer through because there's a way you can do it where you can use like what they call sound blasters, I guess, where you drive around, and make big sounds so the birds don't come back. But you actually let a bird of prey go dive into a couple of trees. They catch one or two of them, the smaller birds. And then all of a sudden the bird's like, well, we ain't coming back here because right. something's trying to get us. Right. So you only have to do that every few months. But then there's other situations like when you see the really tall skyscrapers and stuff. Well, I guess so. Not necessarily skyscrapers, but the really tall buildings 
when you see like the window cleaners and stuff, they obviously can't go clean every window every day, right? You do sections and then you rotate through and then like every month, every window gets cleaned. Well, to keep the windows clean, they actually use falconers. So they'll bring hawks, eagles, whatever around, have them go around the buildings a few times, and then they'll just reward the bird. Assuming the bird doesn't catch anything, you just reward it. And then you come back like a couple weeks later and do it again. So other birds learn to not come around because they know that some bigger bird or raptor lives in the area and it helps keep your windows clean. Okay. Like, real thing. I'm not making this up. You can go look it up. Like these are real things that happen. So like, if, so the practice of falconry is actually used in several things in day-to-day life. Just you never see it because it's like a one or two person gig. They do their thing and then they go home and they don't see them again. So unless you see them like in the act, it's not like you're really going to catch them doing it because it's a really short job. But yeah, there you go. That's a thing. <laughs> this may be the best one we learn ever. I know I've learned more than I think I ever have one of these segments. Well, there's a little more here because, well, one, I got to say Lollapalooza just if we find out Delta variant from a lot of people that went to that convention and like, or concert, we aren't surprised. Like there was estimated to be like a hundred thousand people out there or whatever. So crazy bigger than any stadium we've got really outside of what cowboy stadium or something that can seat a hundred people, a hundred thousand people like crazy. But with that, actually side note, what I learned, Fred Durst looks like a real creepy grandpa. Now, like if y'all ain't seen that and they have an album coming out, and I want to say they have a song that's even like the dad experience or something or whatever, some weird thing like that. So like, yeah. So new music from what Limp Biscuit coming and Fred Durst looks nothing like Fred Durst anymore. You know, like the dude with like clean shaven, the backwards hat, the jean shorts or whatever, like not that anymore. Now he's like, he came out looking like a grandpa that was down on his luck. And, I, <laughs> and I'm not even just like insulting. Go look it up, y'all. Like he had like, all grayed out hair and and mustache and beard. He had like khaki. I don't, they were slacks type pants. I won't call them khakis. Oh my God, you ain't lying. Yeah. And then he had like the one or two buttons done on his, on his button up with like a t-shirt on. Like he looked like a mess. Y'all gotta see for a nurse, y'all. You are not ready for this. I'm not, I'm not one to judge, but I'm just saying, if I saw him when I'm like down at the grocery store, I would have, unless he spoke, I wouldn't even remotely thought that was Fred Durst. It looks he like looked, one of Johnny Knoxville's bad grandpa. Costumes. I was literally about to say, it looks like Johnny Knoxville playing a version of Fred Durst. Right? That's what it looks like. There is no way I would, even with the, the tattoos, I would, I just think he was, you know, a, a veteran or something. But I bring that up. Because we're talking about a band here. Another band that I actually like. I enjoy The Offspring, actually. But one of their members of the band, the drummer, got booted because he refused to take a COVID vaccine. And he made a big post on social media about, you know, I want other people to know what it, you know, you're not alone if you feel left behind because you haven't taken the vaccine. And they feel I'm unsafe to be at concerts or on the road with, on tour, and all this stuff. But that led me down a rabbit hole of reading to discover that the main reason he likely got booted is because he has a bandmate who actually has a PhD. What? Yeah. Like another member of the the offspring. offspring. Not only that has a PhD from USC. So a real university PhD in microbiology 
And check this out. His thesis was on mRNA and infections. Real facts. Like, I'm not even making this up. Like, I was like, this is the most random thing I could have ever found out about the offspring. Like the first half, like the dude getting booted out for not getting, I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense, whatever. And we don't even know at this point if he's like permanently booted or just until COVID's over or whatever, right? But when I found out that one of them has a PhD, I was like, whoa. Like if if that would have been a bar trivia question and then somebody would have told me that was the answer, I'd have been like, no, that ain't right. (laughs) Like I'd been on my phone, like, let me Google this real quick. But yeah. One of them actually has a legit PhD in microbiology. That's How pretty fly for a white guy. I'm sorry, I had to. That <laughs> is true. Very, <laughs> very fly for a white guy. Like, yeah, that's one of those things, though, right? I never would have guessed. Like this, that's a prime example of you can't judge a book by its cover. No, I mean you would not. As you said, that's a, that's a bar trivia question right there. Yep, literally no way. You could have given you could have listed twenty bands and given me ten guesses on which one of those bands has a member that has a PhD in microbiology. I'm probably still not guessing the Offspring. No, no. Seriously. So yeah, that's just pretty wild stuff. But there you go. That that is the thing I learned. Which you know, they talk about being mind blown. That's one that just like really caught me off guard. So I thought that was that was a fun bit to share. Like the Fred Durst stuff was just like a fun thing I discovered by accident over the weekend. But that's actually the bandmate PhD. Like that's just such cool stuff, really. There. But all right, let's get into some uh, other less exciting but uh, news that needs to be talked about. So one of the big trends coming out of COVID or out of the pandemic, because we're still in COVID, uh, is local game stores beginning to charge for some of their game spaces. Now, admittedly, not all of them are following this business model, and a few had actually started going to that before COVID was a thing. But we talked about it before. One of the things a lot of retailers did is shrunk down some of their game space because they knew they weren't going to use it for some amount of time, You know, once we started putting people on lockdown and all that. And they brought in different items. They expanded, they diversified, they did what you do to survive as a business. Well, what they figured out is they've found other forms of revenue in new products. They've been able to do more online orders. Some of them got into different delivery things. And we've talked about it before. Several of them have had, if not their best year, one of their best years, you know, in 2020. So with that came the realization of a lot of the things, and I've been one of the people saying this and advocating for this, that players said they wanted and needed to participate in your store to draw people in were not things that were good for the business. You know, you had a lot of stores that, and I've seen the discussions in my retailer groups where a bunch of them are like, yeah, I was running these FMs, but we're really only making like $20 at the end of the tournament or whatever, even if you add up like all these different things and whatever, because, you know, we were giving packs out at this price and we were giving this much store credit and blah, blah. And it's like, well, why are you running an event for 40 people to make 20 bucks? Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, this is really what it is. It's like, so some of them have flattened their prize pool to be more appealing to more new players. You know, some of them have gone to new things as far as how they deal with store credit. And some of them have started charging for their game space. So if you want to just come hang out on a Tuesday 
You can't come in. And I've seen this where people have literally come in with rolling luggage, like a full big ass bag full of like binders and boxes of cards and whatever. And they just set up camp on a table to just be in there to trade with people or whatever all day. And don't buy a thing. Don't don't get any sleeves. Don't get any sodas. Hell, some of them I had players for a while till I till I really had to talk with them. But some players would come in and they bring a whole ass picnic. You know, they're bringing wow. sandwiches, chips, sodas, you know, hell, they're they're bringing two liters to share with their friends in their D&D groups or whatever. Right. And it's like, why? Why do I even have you in here other than just taking up a space? Because I, I at one point did the math all the way down to how much extra electricity are running per BTUs per person being in the building. <laughs> right. You just have to, to when you're in a business. You yeah. To, to figure out like, OK, what is the estimated cost here? So I had made a lot of those other changes long ago, but a lot of people were still of the understanding that, oh, well, my players say I need to be open late for this thing or, you know, some of them can't get here to booster draft till like eight o'clock. So we'll just go to like 2 a.m. Well, they don't want to play in a booster draft unless it's like a 10 or 12 dollar draft, but they still want me to give away prizes. Well, you know, all these things. Right. But none of those things are good for business. After you figure out like the wear and tear on on the tables and chairs, paying employees, the the cost of the prizes or whatever, you know, electric electricity and water that you're using. Cause you know, people are still using the bathroom, using your water fountain, whatever, like Especially all of that in summer adds, in Texas. Yeah. All that adds up. And at some point people finally started doing the math when they had some downtime, cause you know, unfortunately the pandemic brought some downtime. They started getting into these discussions and asking questions. And this is where we are. Now there's still stores that are small enough in areas where the property is cheap enough or whatever that they don't have to charge for it. And they're not. But several of them are, you know, and people were already doing this back in the day. If you if any of you are older players and you were in New York, you remember Neutral Ground. They were one of the first places that charge because they were on like the third or fourth floor, I think, of the building they were in. And, you know, New York property was never cheap. So no doubt. if you want to come in and use the tables for a day now, if you play in a tournament and all these stores, that's fine. They don't charge you a table fee or anything. And several of them are just charging you. But then the money goes to store credit. Right. So it's just you're contributing to a thing that you will pay money and eventually get something at the store, which I'm totally OK with. Now, the other side of that is people saying, like, well, if they charge, then like people are never going to come hang out or whatever. And it's like. You're asking a store to basically be a charity case. And don't get me wrong, this is from somebody who was destitute at one point. I don't even use the word poor. I mean, we were literally one step away from being on the streets. So, like, I get it. But that doesn't mean I'm necessarily entitled to somebody's space that they are paying rent, taxes, utilities, employees, or whatever for. You know, like, we just have to be real about it. And maybe that just means I go there once a week or twice a week instead of every day. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's okay. You know, and people are like, oh, well, then the store is just not going to have as big events. A lot of these stores don't care, like just being real with you, like when they figured out they can make just as much money with a 20 person event charging a normal fee and everything else than they could at a 40 person event having to do a reduced entry fee and and jacked up prizes and all this other stuff. They're like, why do they even want to bother with the other 20 people? Especially during time of COVID. Exactly. Like they're they're making the decisions that make the best business sense. And truth be told, 
even the places that aren't charging for play space, they have a bunch of policies in place or they don't deep discount or whatever else. So they can make enough money to allow you to come in and play. So if it's not, if you're not paying for it there, you're paying for it on the other side, right? Or they have some adjoined business where they have a cafe or a restaurant or a bar or something or whatever, right? They're doing something else, spending extra money or whatever, and using that as a, I don't know, almost a loss leader to get you into one of their other businesses, right? There's so many different things they're doing, but COVID has definitely changed this. And honestly, and I posted this online and, and some people tried to argue with me and I, I was like, I don't know what you want me to tell you because I literally am speaking to retailers every day, practically. Like, I don't, like, I mean, like, I don't know what else to, like, it's coming from the mouth of babes. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I, like it's there, right? But in the end, you kind of just have to look at it and just say, like, what's the other alternative, right? For these stores to just keep doing what they were doing before, even though they know it's bad for business, that it's bad for the bottom line. Like, you wouldn't ask that of anybody in any business. And one of the things we've seen is there's a fair amount of new players that have started picking up Magic because of the pandemic, right? They started playing in Arena. They started buying product. They're playing with their one or two friends that they knew were safe that they could actually game with. And now they want to play in stores and play in events and whatever. But these new players, they don't have that old history built up where you just show up for free and camp out and bring your picnics and hang out in the store or whatever. They're used to going and doing things to where when they come in and they're like, oh, I have to pay $5 to use your tables and I can just play all day? Like, yeah, sure, it's $5. What else are you going to do to get four plus hours of entertainment for $5? No joke. Exactly. And then they're not even giving the money away for a lot of stores. It's just going to store credit. So they can still get something for that money later. They just have to pay that up front to use the space. So yeah, uh, if you ask a lot of new players, they're not even that baffled by it. Because you're not going to even be able to use the Wi-Fi at a lot of coffee shops or cafes unless you at least buy a drink or something. You know, so how is that any different? And some stores even say like, okay, it's either, you know, a $7 purchase or $5 cash or whatever, right? So as long as you buy like a couple of booster packs, like whatever, you can use the space, right? Just justifying some amount of money coming through the register for them. But I think this is going to be a thing that we're going to be talking about for a while. I think this is kind of the direction you're going to see more stores starting to kind of move their business toward as they see other stores having success with it. So like, I don't know, Brian, like, is this something that bothers you as a, because you, you're like me, you've visited a lot of stores, you've played a lot of games. Yeah, like, how I've do you feel places, about it? I've been to stores and, and that was, whew, I, I've seen stores are doing this back like in the early 2000s when I first moved to Texas. This is not new to me at all. And I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm the same way. As you said, where else are you going to get five or six hours? You can't get into a movie for $5 anymore. Shoot, I can get into a movie for, hell, even if I go to a matinee in a small town, I still might be eight, nine dollars. Right. Where are you going to get four or five hours of entertainment for, you know, five, six dollars? You're not. Yeah. And when you, like I said, when you consider it, Everywhere else you go, if you try to use free space, they're going to require a purchase. Unless it's maybe like the library, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some public facility. But outside of that, like that's the norm. Like I don't expect to go anywhere, any restaurant, any bar, 
any social space and not expect, like, you know, I'm not going to go get to hang out at the bowling alley every day if I'm not buying a drink or playing a game of bowling. Right. At some point, they're going to come over and be like, dude, it's weird that you're just like loitering here and just hanging out with your friends. Like, yeah. you got to go. Right. That's just going to be a thing. And I get it. That's one of the things that made the hobby different and the industry different or whatever. But maybe we're just past that. You know, maybe society's changed enough. Prices on property have definitely gone up enough that it just may not be a thing anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I, again, you want I, your favorite store to stay open, and I hope that you do. Yeah, and I'm not saying this applies to every store in every town. There's still a lot where it's going to make sense to not do it, right? You're If you have a small enough community, well, you need as many people active and coming in regularly and whatever, right? But if, like you're saying, you're in the DFW area, right? If somebody started charging for space, that store is always still going to have customers. They might have 20% less coming in daily, but they're always going to have customers in there. There's not going to be a shortage of people because hell, part of the time is just going to be because people don't want to get on that damn Mixmaster and drive to the other side of town. Right. You know, so they're Dallas always going to have people. two hours away from Dallas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. But I, but I think it's at least worth bringing up because I think it's one of those things, like I said, that people are going to be dealing with in different places. And we're probably going to see it pop up. Somebody's probably going to complain about it, you know, once or twice a year on social media, and it'll be a thing all over again. Now, here's the thing, Brian, I don't know if you're aware of, but a couple of weeks ago, we saw, I wish I remember the person's name, but they were basically showing a video over social media, and I believe they shared it on like Twitter and Reddit and stuff, that they bought, I believe it was a case of booster boxes, uh, six of them of uh, Time Spiral Remastered. And they opened them up and they opened, they random, just randomly opened a box. And I think they opened three on camera. And in each box, and now admittedly, each box appeared to be sealed, right? It had the cellophane of the shrink wrap with the Wizards logo and all that. They opened them up and each pack had a slit across the back on the bottom. And the rare mythic had been removed, either removed or replaced. I can't remember what it was, probably just removed. And then they were all put back in, obviously resealed. I would guess ship back to Amazon for a refund or some situation. And then those eventually went back out to a, to another person. Well, people are freaking out about this and asking how it's possible. And, you know, this isn't a thing. And for a couple of years, we'd already, I say we being people in the industry that are on the business side, had speculated that something like this was possible. Because you could, if somebody was willing to, I mean, we have so many different forms of counterfeits already, right? If people are willing to print counterfeits, people are willing to print cellophane. Like, it's not that far of a leap in logic to make. And I had people literally telling me, no, that doesn't make sense. Ah, this wouldn't even be worth it for people, whatever. I'm like, we have people selling booster boxes for a dollar over cost. You don't think somebody's going to find a way to print some cellophane? Like, if they could print it for 25 and sell it for 28 they would do it. Be hell, and it costs nothing to ship cellophane. Yeah, like you, it has you no could put, weight. Yeah, you could put a few sheets of those, fold them up in a oversized envelope for a buck and ship it to somebody anywhere in the U.S. So not that surprising that it's a thing. But as it turns out, that's exactly what somebody was doing. And I want to say it was Monday all over social media. We saw, which, you know, Wizard was already on it, apparently contacted people. But there was somebody on Etsy selling specifically Wizards of the Coast logoed cellophane. 
So if you wanted to shrink wrap your stuff to seal your boxes back to their authentic presentation, I guess is how they were marketing it. And I, and I believe it was like $35 for some number of sheets of it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. This is exactly what I was trying to tell people about. And they didn't do that because one or two people bought it. They've got a market if they've gone to the trouble to make cellophane and start shipping it. I would even venture to guess that the person doing it tested it first, realized it was a thing, and then started marketing it to other people. Yeah. Because let's be real. Like, you know, like I do, you've probably seen some hood stuff, right? Like, oh, yeah. If you if you have an in to make some money, you're not just going to go tell everybody immediately. You're going to make a little bit on it first. Then you're going to go tell everybody. So now you're already ahead of the game and you can just sell them some of the other excess room in the market that you've already taken advantage of. And I'd almost venture to guess that's what happened here. We, we've all seen the hood stuff, you know, like uh, Sir Mix a lot had that whole song about Swap Meet Louie. Yep. Know, just, I, for real. That's that actually is kind of a cool jam, too. It is because <laughs> it's it's true to life. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So this thing came up and people were freaking out everywhere. And it was it was a big thing for about 24, 48 hours. And I told people, I said, this doesn't surprise me. Like we've reached the point where magic cards have real value. Like I've told you the story before where I have a friend who's actually works for an investment firm. And he was even saying when he has clients that are gamers, he's having a hard time justifying them not investing or buying gamer crap <laughs> over buying right. some stocks. Like that's the world we're in right now. Hell, the I'm in the middle of being... Comes out, there's there's going to be a few cards that are worth... An insane amount of money. You can't necessarily say that when a new stock comes out. It could be $20 a day and $2 tomorrow. Not just that, but like I'm in the middle of just making a deal with somebody for $2,500 to just buy some cards that maybe are right now only worth like $3,000 to $3,200. But like I know they're going to be worth probably another 25, 30% more than that. Hell, not even by this time next year, probably by January. And it's just like, this is insane. We're dealing, we're, it's an unprecedented time. For all types of collectibles, not even just magic. I mean, I've been seeing it in sports cards. Hell, we saw that crazy like Tom Brady rookie shoot up through the roof or whatever. So like all kinds of things are going nuts right now. And when you're talking about this type of operation, a person is if they're selling a thing for 35, it obviously doesn't cost them 35. Right. So they've probably found a way to print these things. If I'm guessing probably around 20 bucks or so. So that's that's their cost then they all they have to have is money up front to buy some number of booster boxes, take out all the valuable stuff, replace it with junk or not, their choice. I mean, probably do replace it with junk and then your weight stays the same or whatever. Who the hell knows? Then you reseal it, you ship it back. So you're not even out that money. You'll get that money refunded to you. So then now you're ahead, especially on something like Time Spiral Remastered, where there were so many valuable cards and a bunch of that stuff, like that set's already discontinued, not going to be reprinted. So that stuff that's guaranteed value to, for the most part, you sell any amount of that. Like I, you're not going to open a box right now and probably have less than 100. Even if your box is a bum box, you're probably going to still get 150, maybe $180 out of it on the low end. And that's all profit money at that point, basically. 
Like, of course, somebody's going to try to do that. And if this person on video got six boxes that were that way, how many total boxes came through that were that way first? Oh, yeah. An insane amount. Yeah, there's probably a couple hundred. And now I would like to think that if Amazon had some number of boxes where people report like, hey, I opened these up and like, here's what was going on. And they have to refund those. That they at least are smart enough to backtrack. Like, hey, is there somebody we see returning sealed boxes regularly? And do an investigation at some point, say, okay, let's open one of these boxes this person returned. And let's let's mark that order or something and try to catch them. So my guess is they probably will catch the perpetrators at some point. The thing is, though, there was just a period of time where they didn't even know to look for it. Yeah, and by that point, the perpetrator will probably made so much money. Like, hey, okay, it was a good hustle. On to the next one. Oh, yeah. If you're smart, I've told people that before. I honestly believe that, you know, when you talk about like crazy art thieves and all that stuff, I think the best ones in the world we will never catch because they're not greedy enough. They get their one big score or whatever, and then they may not attempt it again for 10 years. So you'll never know, right? There's no paper trail. There's no motive. There's no nothing. You won't catch those people. And if the people who are doing this were smart, the minute you started seeing that stuff showing up on social media and a guy opening packs or whatever, you're like, okay, cool. Secret's out. I'm done. But who knows? They may be already made. I don't even know. Some $10,000 or so worth off of it if they were savvy. Like, that's crazy. And they could probably wait five or six months start doing it with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You know, or Pokemon. Yeah, maybe. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh already has a big problem, honestly. Yu-Gi-Oh, oh, man, I got stored. I have a lot of stores in my retail network that they they are, oh man, the, I will just tell you, the, the steps they have to take to deal with Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon are a step beyond magic for sure. There's, there's a ton of scammers in those communities. Like you get you get the odd one here or there for magic and some annoying people or whatever, you know, but there are some people that you can tell that's their bit like enough that multiple different retailers have had literally copy and pasted complaints and or responses from some people from the same people on two different accounts. So, like, there's some people that are actively pushing and scamming in those communities. But yeah, just one of those things like and then, and then this adds a different layer to things, because the question now becomes. What is the value of a box from this previous, let's say, four to five month period? Right. Do you feel safe buying a box that's not from your local retailer? Which is good for the local retail stores. But like. At least, you know, their box one, you have somebody you can go and talk to about it, right? If something were to happen. The other is that they're likely getting it specifically just from a distributor or from a trusted customer that they would have bought that from to resell. And there's a good chance they probably open the box or at least a pack or two, whatever to verify. So probably still safe to buy from your local retailer, but buying online, unless it's like a, a star city or a card kingdom or you know, something like that, you could be taking a little bit of a gamble. Especially from Amazon right now, right? And we don't even know who else these people scammed, right? Did they just do this through eBay? Did they do it through other online shippers? Like, I don't know. That means somebody like that, they could have been pretty enterprising and gone to a bunch of different channels. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what that does, right? Like knowing that something like 
like here's the thing like let's say somebody comes up and they want to offer you a deal on time spiral remastered let's say the boxes are going for 300 and this person's like hey i need some cash to pay off my i don't know car payment or whatever i'll sell you a box for 225 like are you into I'd it? I'd be nervous. I'd be very nervous to have, especially having had this conversation. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, so now it's like, what do you trust, right? And now I guess it's not that big a deal if you plan to open the box. But like, what if your goal, like, hell, I don't know. I've got still four or five boxes stored back here. I'm like, did somebody do that in me? Like mine, I got mine in the first couple of weeks. So it's probably not a thing because I would have had to get it immediately return it when it came back to me or whatever. But like, I got a couple of them at my local store, so I know those are good. And I bought another from a local guy, so they're probably legit. But I won't know until they get opened. You know what I mean? And I'm probably not going to open these for, who knows, a couple of years. And by then, there's no recourse. Like, what's done is done. So, like, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Like, if I were to go trade one of these boxes, I, I mean, I almost have to ask him, like, hey, if you plan to open it, let's go ahead and open one and make sure before I walk away or whatever. You know, because I don't even know if I'm going to feel good selling somebody a box and, like, they reach out to me, like, a year later and, like, hey, dude, remember that box you sold me? And I'd be like, ah, I don't, I don't know how you want to resolve this now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a crazy time. But, yeah, that's a thing that actually happened this week. It is very, very crazy. Uh, Brian, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because there is a uh, very interesting thing that happened for some of the big YouTubers over the last month. Yeah, apparently some uh, somebody reached out and was paying YouTubers to spread vaccine inf- misinformation. And a couple of YouTubers said, hey, you know what? Let's see. They didn't want to do it. But they wanted to figure out, you know, who was doing this. So they said, hey, yeah, by all means, tell me a little bit more. And uh, one uh, one German YouTuber said, you know, this all started with the email. And he said a marketing agency contacted him. And, of course, they basically there was a script that they wanted him to read. And they, of course, didn't want to say, didn't want him to say that it was sponsored. You know, that's basic thing you're supposed to say if you if somebody's paying you to promote something for fyi sorry to interrupt you but like that is the first sign that whatever you're dealing with is shady right (laughs) okay continue (laughs) they tell you not to tell people that you got paid to do this and then yeah the script is all full of kind of crazy information saying things that like you know the death rate among people that got the pfizer vaccine was almost three times that of AstraZeneca, which isn't true. And just lots of things like that are in the script. And again, causing them not to tell anybody that they've been paid for. By the way, that's illegal in Germany where they were able to do this, but that didn't bother this marketing agency apparently. So yeah, that's a thing. And they're saying apparently that some of the YouTubers went ahead, took the deal, took the money. And I guess over time we may find out who some of those YouTubers are. I like... Okay, well, to piggyback on that, I shared an, a link to an article or to a, a tweet thread on, on Twitter where a guy who lives in California, he decided to do a deep dive because he started seeing some of these same faces at multiple anti-vax rallies. And because he's like, man, some of these people out here literally like five days a week, something's up. And when he started deep diving, turns out a lot of these people are either 
small time failed celebrities or failed actors, directors, whatever. And they're being, I don't know if they're being hired. They're obviously paid by somebody because nobody's out there five days a week for multiple hours a day for, you know, months plus not getting paid. And failed the, actors, you say? <laughs> yeah, but they're they're all from the same talent pool agencies. When he started deep diving, and then some of the other celebrities, like I think you said, like Tommy Lauren and some of the others were also part of that agency. And then he looked at some that weren't in LA because I think there was one in like Georgia and one for somebody else that he just saw and he looked up, and they also were connected. So. Don't know. Don't know what to say. Like, I don't want to be a conspiracy theory person, but it, it looks bad. Look, it's very coincidental. That's all I'm gonna say. If it's not a thing, it's very coincidental. I'm gonna but, call some of my actor friends now. I'll call my agent and be like, hey, how you haven't been getting me protest gigs? Yep. How, how come I get some of this anti-vax money? Like, no, okay, so to your point, seriously though, the the thing I'm curious about, which we'll probably not know for months still was how much they're offering because the only people I saw were all like what I would consider to be large YouTubers. You know, the, the smallest, I only saw on a few people, but I think the smallest one of them still had like 50,000 subscribers. And I think the other two had like a couple hundred thousand. So they're going to people who are making a good amount of money every month already. Cause once you reach into the multiple hundreds of thousands, you can start making real money on YouTube every month. And that's not counting if these people have sponsorships and brand deals and all that stuff. So, like, what are you offering me at that level? And I'm assuming they went to some people like, you know, we talked about it, right? If we'd have found out Jake Paul took the money, we'd have been like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right? Like that. That sounds like something he would do. Plus, how do you distinguish him spreading misinformation from typical Jake Paul content? It'd be exactly. Hard to do. But Jake Paul, I think, also has like some multiple millions of followers on on social media. But he also makes, I would assume, at the well, he, the dude owns like a couple ten million dollar houses or whatever. So like, he's got to be making six figures a month on social media. So like, what are you going to offer him? Like, are you not? You have to at least be coming with fifty k, right? Is that like the floor? For some of these people, because like if you're telling me I'm going to be doing a thing and I and it's shady and I but I might be putting my all my brand deals, sponsorships, endorsement money, whatever at risk. You got to kill people with the information of spreading. Yeah, that's also it. Right. Even even beyond that, like the ethical part of it, that people could die. Like you got to be bringing a big ticket. And I don't even know, like for 50K is not even that big. But I'm just like, to me, that's got to be the floor when you're reaching out to people. Like it's got to be at least be a a reasonable year salary for the average person, or else why are you even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they, if you're caught, you know, as you say, your brand is probably finished. Oh, you're done. You are absolute toast. Hey, and that's why I'm wondering, like, what is like? Did you come with like six figures? Because like for the people who took it, I I could. I'm not saying it. I wouldn't do it. But like, if they came at you with like 200k. I could see some people have been like, ah, man, I could I could get that house I want. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying it's right, but I, I could see how you could get some people. And 200K takes care of you until you figure out what the next hustle is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's 
said to people, Wizards branded shrink wrap or something. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But like, but that's what that's the stuff I think about. Like, what are you even bringing to the table to make this a reasonable offer? Especially when you're telling people like, hey, look, we, do, we want you to read this exact script, you know, include these terms. We don't we don't want you to mention that you're sponsored or that any company's backing this like you need to present it this way. You, you, we don't want you to say these words. You know, you already oh, know. Wait, it's I, 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 I skimmed the article again. They, they said uh, the agency offered this particular it's a science YouTuber. He was offered two thousand euros. Oh hell no! I mm-mm. so that's how many how many dollars Shoot. is that? That's I don't that, know the rate of conversion. On two thousand euros. I, I that's not even three thousand dollars. I don't think. Like there is no way in hell. Yeah, you're not burning your bread to the ground for what is basically you know a, <laughs> a month's salary. And I ain't gonna lie. I told y'all before. Like there is a number big enough that I could be bought. Like it definitely ain't three thousand yeah. dollars. But like. If you'd have come with like a half a mil, uh, we might have a talk. <laughs> you know, call me like vaccines. They need to call me vaccines are evil. But here's the thing, though. Like, it'd be idiotic to come after me anyway. I've already talked about getting the vaccine. I've already, we've already had scientists on our show to talk about it, right? Like, so it's like that wouldn't make any sense. So I, it seems like they weren't even smart about who they reached out to because some of these people, I was like. Why would you even reach out to this person? This has nothing to do with their brand. This isn't on point for them. Like what? You're just looking for people that have reach and hoping you could buy them. Apparently really cheap. I mean, I'm sure they offered some people more money, but like, yeah, $2,000. Like I, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but like there's some brand deals for just regular stuff. I wouldn't take for $2,000. Like, and I'm, and that didn't involve people getting killed. Like, how are you? Dude, that number is so surprisingly low to me. I don't even know how to respond to that. I guess they just. Hey, so start with the low ball and just go from there, I guess. Though, you know what, though? Low key, that's a pretty smart ethics test. Yeah. Of just like how easy is it going to be to manipulate this person for future stuff? Because if they take it for two thousand dollars or two thousand euros, like you know, you've got one. You know what I mean? Like you've you've got this one for the long haul, right? Especially if they don't they don't even try to push back or negotiate, and they just take it. Like you know, this is a person you can keep coming back to on the cheap, and you can get some work out of them. Like that's a person they would probably even put work into to like boost their signal and show like, hey, since you started working with us, you got more people on your YouTube channel, you know, or whatever. Right? I could see that happening. Like yeah, that's, boy, it's, it's 2,000 euros and it's going to be your soul real fast. Yep. I could totally see somebody going down that road. Like that's, that's how, that's how you get trapped in the drug game. Like that, mm-hmm. first, that's basically that first hits free. Like we're going to give it to you this way, but now you're going to have to do some work for us to keep this train going. This you is know? like the third thing we have inadvertently turned into some kind of TV show or movie pitch during this podcast. We got the Adventures of Daquan, the Falconer. You know, we got the 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 shady side of, of YouTube marketing. It's like a whole Breaking Bad, only it's YouTube. Dude, we could do this. Like seriously, I could write this whole thing. Like, give me give me two weeks. I could get you five episodes. 
Like, seriously, if there is somebody out there who wants this written, hit us up. We could do this. Because seriously, I'm thinking because because, again, the first thought is like, man, 2000 euros. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, 2000 euros is exactly the type of person they want. Yeah. Right. You don't want the person that you have to shell out a big a bunch of money to get them to change their mind or to cooperate or whatever, because that's a person that still is teetering but they're maybe doing it because they only needed the money for an immediate thing or whatever, right? The person you get for 2,000 euros, that's a person that they're they're willing to compromise easily. Or they're in such a bad situation that every amount of money is good money. So you're going to have them on lock for a while. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I All I know is if that would have came across my stuff, I, I, to be fair, though, I probably would have been one of the people that I'm like, yeah, give me some more information on this because I would have wanted to try to find out who's behind it. I'm sure that I wouldn't have found out, but I would have tried. And then yeah, after that, I'd have been like, nah, this. sorry, like this this ain't for me. And of course, uh, they're they're suspecting that, you know, Russia is probably involved in this somewhere because so much uh, inf- misinformation right now comes back to Russia. That and also I've heard Belarus has been involved in some things. Yeah. Oh, did you see that Olympian that's fighting with them right now? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Okay. so for those of y'all that don't know, I'm not going to even try to say the people's names because I will butcher both. Well, all three parties, actually, because the first party is the woman Olympian. The other is the I guess we'll call him the uh, dictator of Belarus, because that's kind of how he's portrayed everywhere. Apparently, if you speak out against this dude, you might be found sleeping with the fishes. That's that's just kind of how it works. So she said something. And then apparently the delegation for Belarus in Japan were trying to, by all descriptions, get her to the airport against her will. And as she got to the airport, she was like, hell nah. Like, I know what happens if I go back home. Right. So she apparently bolted, got some help and was like, nah, I can't go with them because I'm probably going to end up dead. So then, if I remember right, again, a name I'm not going to even try to get right because I know I can't. The whatever the highest ranking official in Poland is said, cool, we're going to give you protection. Like you can come to Warsaw or whatever. We're going to hook you up, like temporarily stay in one of our embassies in Japan. And we're going to give you citizenship or whatever, because we ain't going to send you home because we know what the situation is like in Belarus. Like that's how bad things are that. Somebody from one of the other nations was like, yo, somebody call one of our people and let's help this person out. And they're like, yeah, we can't send somebody home just to die if we can help it. And they're like, cool, you get on a plane and you come see us and we're going to get you hooked up. <laughs> like, how bad are things in Belarus? Like, for we've real. Been, we've been talking <laughs> about the pressure that Olympians are under. Imagine, oh, by the way, if you're from a country like Belarus, you say the wrong thing, you could die. In addition to everything else that could happen to you. Yeah, apparently, from what I understand, she just slipped up saying something about the country or whatever during an interview. And then I guess the equivalent of like the black suits came for her. Like, I don't know how that works. And then the next day, like, cool, grab your stuff. We're going to the airport. And she's like, uh, what? And then when she realized what was happening, she's like, hell nah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's crazy, man. Stuff Stuff's going on all over the world, which is wild right now, man. Like. But yeah, apparently one of the last true dictators is still kind of like operating over there like that. So I don't know. But anyway, yeah, that was kind of like a cool little added tip there for people that didn't know about it. All 
All right, so this one, this is a little bit like weird topic to talk about. Not really the stuff we have on our show, but it kind of relates. So for those of you who don't follow me over on on Twitter, <laughs> I put up a thirst trap pick this week. He did. He now, didn't warn now, me either. Now, let me say this, though. Part of it originated because I saw a lot of discussions for probably the better part of a week from different women saying, and it was, it was weird. I don't know if it just, you know, one discussion sparked another discussion or whatever, but multiple threads on Twitter and Facebook from people saying like, man, I wish there were more guys posting stuff because I, you know, as much as I think women are beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And like, it really sucks that like, because only women are doing it, we get judged for this, that, and the other and blah, blah. So like, I was like, you know what? How many of y'all are going to unfollow me if I put up a thirst trap pick? Just because I'm like, all right, if nothing else, shine a, sign of solidarity. And it's kind of like the whole MTG booty thing a couple months back, right? It was like, all right, I can do a little silly something and whatever and like just show solidarity with, with these ladies. So, of course, a bunch of people commented on it. And I was like, okay, obviously y'all are down. Let me post it and just see what happens. Let's turn this into a social experiment. So I posted it. And honestly... People were very supportive. And, and I tried to explain to people like, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, I love to see the bravery. And this that's like, no, 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 this isn't bravery. Like, and I, and I corrected some people even privately. just like, this is just me posting a thing, right? Like, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. I don't have those body issues, right? So, and I don't, and I don't have any, like, I get it. For some people, it is a thing, but I didn't want it to be misconstrued that I wasn't posting it previously because I'm a shit. Cause like, don't be wrong. Like I ain't, I ain't got a six pack, you know, I ain't, I ain't rocking that. I definitely do not have the, the large pecs. Right. So I'm, I'm just working with what our tone may indicate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like, I'm, I'm just working with what I got. Right. But I, but you know, I'm confident in my shell. I'm good. But I told him it was more about just the solidarity camaraderie, like saying, Hey, look, I get it. Like if more and I'm not saying like dudes need to be out doing it all the time, but like if a few more did, then it wouldn't be so weird to see a woman when she does it. And how and to be fair, some of the times these women are putting up stuff that's not even like all that thirsty. Like, let's be honest. Some of them are just like, hey, I got a new dress today or I'm on my way out to the beach or whatever and taking a picture and they happen to be in their bikini or whatever. Right. Like it's not like these are lingerie photos or whatever, you know, like them posing across a bed of roses or something. You know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, don't be wrong. A lot of the magic women we have and other women I see in gaming too, honestly, some good looking women. So like nothing wrong with that, but like, they're not what I would call true, like thirst trap pictures. A lot of the times. But what would you, what would you define as a true thirst trail? I would say, Oh, actually, okay. We know some of the stuff that what's her name posted. They got in trouble for the uh, crap, the the old community program or whatever. You know what I'm talking about, Elizabeth. Elizabeth yeah. Eden. Yeah, she has some thirst traps. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you know I what would I mean? Like, her. you know what I'm talking about if you've seen them, yeah. right? Because she's doing it where, like, you know, you're leaning over to where like 50 percent of the picture is breasts. You know what I mean? Like you. <laughs> You know, like I'm not saying and nothing against her. Like she's a good looking no. woman. If she wants to show her body, fine. I'm just saying classification of a thirst trap, right? Like it's you, you know. My picture I posted this week, it's obviously a thirst trap type picture, right? You're showing off way more skin than necessary. Like it's sexually suggestive, you know, whatever. I'm is not it, is it sexually suggestive? Uh, dude, it was. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it was. Like 
I took another one that was worse. Did not post that one. Okay. <laughs> like I told people, if you really wanted to see it in private, I would send it to you, but I wasn't going to put that on, on main. Like that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> like I did have a limit. And and honestly, again, it's not because of embarrassment. It's more because of, I felt like that second picture went a step beyond just being the like supportive of the message picture. Yeah. Like it took a step to I being guess. like, okay, now this is just being like overly sexually suggestive. So like, nah, it was, still isn't showing anything, but there's a total different tone to that picture. And I was like, yeah, I'm not posting that one. But I just thought it was interesting, right? It's one, of, and actually, it turns out it's one of my most liked comments on Twitter, at least in a while. Like it, it would definitely, on a monthly basis, it would definitely hit the higher point of my averages. So. As much as I thought it might be a thing, I'm going to have to like, all right, I'm going to have to fight back against people on this stupid thing or whatever. <laughs> no, there was a lot of people that were super positive about it. Lot, lots of, I guess, some were just people like males that, as far as I know, are hetero, just being supportive. There were a lot of women. There were several people I know that are trans and gay or whatever that were happy to see more dudes posting stuff. So I was like, cool. Wasn't even a bad experience. So like, I, I literally, I think I got two real complaints one funny as it is was from the dude who actively i guess i would say more accidentally started the mtg booty thing because he was complaining about women or whatever and then that started that whole thing and then another person that was basically like this is cool as long as this doesn't become your main content and i was like well yeah obviously <laughs> like that's that's not what well, it does become your i mean if people like it you know oh if people like it we, hey i told you if we can get a couple hundred people over on OnlyFans, count me in you know, like, remember that part I told you about? Like, I could be bought. <laughs> let's, let's fire that up. It, like, it's funny we talk about this stuff because I, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I stay covered up. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is because I went on an audition where before the audition, I guess I really didn't have body issues. I had to learn the hard way that it, when they say, "Are you comfortable with nudity for an audition?" What they mean is. Will the people around you be comfortable that you're nude? Damn, and the people auditioning me were not comfortable with my nudity. But I know now because I went to the audition and everybody there except me was freaking ripped. See, like, okay, this man, this should almost have been our dinner table talk here. But like, that bothers me because. Even when I'm like, I mean, we get it. Like there's a Hollywood's beautiful people, right? Like we get it. But like at some point, there are a lot of roles that I like better when it's a more, I guess, a more average looking person because it makes it more relatable. It makes it more believable. Right. Because otherwise it's just like this nice looking dude with the chiseled jaw met this nice looking like, I don't know. 110 pound woman or whatever with an hourglass figure. And then, you know, they made a beautiful baby or whatever. Like, eh, okay. But like, it's kind of actually a good example for me is we were at one of the outlet malls not long ago and they have an ad up and it's a, I don't want to say she's heavy, but she's a thicker woman, you know, underwater showing off the new bikini line or whatever that this place carries. And I was like, see, I bet you they sell more of those because an average person looks at that and goes, Oh, if she looks good in it, I'll probably look good in it. You know, like we should apply you that to more right. things in society. Like this story, 
the story becomes more relatable if it's somebody I look at and go like, ah, they're kind of like me or like, yeah, I've been through that. But like, if you tried to do a life story of me, but you put in Michael B. Jordan, well, all of a sudden it becomes less relatable. Like, you know what I mean? Like that is what Hollywood does. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, just get a normal dude, get, go get Jaleel White. Like, and he's still a good looking dude, but like, go get Jaleel White. Yeah, At least that's I more mean, relatable. Stephon or Kill is yeah, a whole like, thirst trap for lots of people. I had a coworker that she wanted to marry Stefan. Oh, St- Stefan was the thirst trapped of Urkel. Right? <laughs> but seriously, I took like, but go get somebody of that level, right? Because that's more relatable, right? Like, and I, and I feel bad for you, dude, because like you missing out on auditions just because somebody's like, uh, well, I don't know. Like he doesn't have the 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 six pack or whatever. Look, I mean, I, I understand it because you know they're they're playing to a certain audience. They are they want to put somebody's picture on a poster, and they need women to be like, "Ooh, I need to go see this play." I freely understand. That's not me. As an actor, you got to understand, you know, where you fit in. Oh, I know, I know. But to me, it's like it makes sense when we're doing like the Avengers, right? Because it's all superheroes and you have to have a certain look or whatever and honestly i think that was one of the reasons when they did fat thor that people were so happy about it that they let thor stay fat through the movie it wasn't like oh he had to lose his weight and become old six-pack thor and then all of a sudden he's gonna help the team or whatever it's like nope we just did the whole movie with just fat thor (laughs) right like and he was just who he was and that was cool and admittedly i mean we couldn't go get another fatter actor because you know it still had to be the same dude but like It at least worked. And I and I thought that was one of the things of that movie I took away and went, man, that's just cool. Because I was even thinking the whole movie after he does the the jump back scene and he's like he sees his mom, he's probably going to feel bad and get himself in shape and do all that. Like, and it was cool that they didn't. It was just he got his confidence as a big dude. <laughs> like, and we just got fat Thor helping the team. So I, and also, I, think, I love the part where, you know, he summons the hammer and realizes even though he's depressed. And he's gone through all this stuff and he's fat. He's still worthy. That was exactly. such a powerful scene. And that's what I'm saying. I think we need more of that in Hollywood. Like just saying like, cool. Yeah, there's some points where it makes sense to have the chiseled body and, you know, the long hair and all this stuff or whatever. But like there's other times it's like, cool, we're just trying to tell a story about normal people. Let it be about normal people. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I posted a normal person thirst trap and people actually responded super positively to it. And that, that actually, you know, that's awesome. Really? I have to say it really went completely different than I was literally prepared. Like, OK, I'm going to post this up in the morning. There's going to be some comments and then I'll just come in ready to battle people because, you know, I'm choosing violence as I go to sleep. Right. <laughs> but then, like, wasn't even close to that at all. I was really impressed. Like not even really even people that now I will say there were several people who sent private messages and i guess because you know they didn't want it to be perceived or wrong and here's here's what's sad, and i'm not going to call call them out but there was another i don't even know if i want to say i will say there was another woman who commented and she sent me a message privately that she had to she was like removing her comment and this and that like made sure i knew why and it was because People in her community were automatically trying to make a thing out of it about her being into me and this, that, and the other, whatever, just because she was showing something positive. 
Yeah, see, I ha that's such a weird thing about being a content creator where people start shipping you with other yeah. Are. And honestly, like, I'm a flirt anyway. So I'm like, that doesn't mean nothing. Like, I have a whole pool of women that are friends of mine. Like, that doesn't mean I'm trying to have a relationship with all of them. They just happen to be cool ass chicks <laughs> that make awesome content in a lot of cases. So I'm like, I don't or just like share interests that I have. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's just such a weird thing. But yeah, she was like, ah, this is going to be a thing. So I'm just letting you know it's not you. But I'm like, no, nah, it's cool. I get it. People are stupid. But so there was some of that. You know, there were some people who sent private messages of support, but they didn't want it to look weird. Some of them were dudes and didn't be like, well, I didn't want to post like this big positive thing on like a dude's thing. And, you know, no homo, you know, like that whole thing. But it's just oh, like, I, I get it. You know, people are still worried. I don't know why, but they are. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, we just know when a dude is another nice looking dude. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. I have no, again, being an actor, I, I understand. Like, when I have plenty of coworkers, like, yeah, go ahead. Take, go out there, you know, turn the pretty on. I get it. I'll, I'll be out there in a <laughs> turn second. Turn the pretty on. <laughs> I'll be out there in a second to hit myself in the face with a pie. Again, you got to know where you are. When we talk about this in terms of content creation, people are like, oh, the, 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 they're getting views because they're pretty. Look, in entertainment, you have to figure out what it is that you offer. If somebody's pretty, yet yeah, why would they not use that? I'm if somebody's you, funny, why would they not use that? I wish I remember which comedian I heard this from. But he said, no matter what guys tell you, men can tell when other men are good looking. Absolutely. No, no. But he said, the way you can tell is how angry they are when they make a compliment to your woman. Yeah. Because, and he said, like, said, just let me walking along. He said, let a homeless dude come up and say something polite about your woman. Or like, oh, brother, you got your good woman there. And she's she's gorgeous. You need to take care of her or whatever. You're just going to be like, yeah, all right, man. Thanks a lot. You know, here's a dollar or whatever going about your day. But let a nice looking dude come by and be like, man, dog, you got yourself a nice woman there. You might have tried to hold on to her. All of a sudden, he's going to be like, why are you watching my girl? What's up? Like, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> and I was like, man, he's not wrong. I've seen that happen. Like, dudes are never going to like a dude's not going to be mad that his girl is with like some scrawny, nerdy guy, whatever. But let her be with like having extra text messages with her, her gym coach or whatever. Now he's going to be mad. <laughs> right. So, I mean. I don't know Word why we make a big deal. in some cases, apparently. Yeah, like I don't know why we make a big deal about that though. Like you mean it's, you're acknowledging somebody else is just aesthetically pleasing. Like it doesn't mean you're into them. Hell, there's women I look at and go like, ah, oh, she's pretty. Doesn't mean I'm trying to have sex with her. It just means she's pretty. I mean, I don't. Know. I mean, oh, I can I look at a dude like Tom Brady and go like, eh, that's a good looking dude. Yeah, we get it. I ain't trying. I ain't trying to bang Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but yeah, I remember just, one time Tish comes home and was talking about uh, talking about somebody that, that, that she met at work. Like, she's really pretty. I'm like, okay, you know what? No, you don't understand. Like, she's really okay. <laughs> this is an awkward conversation to have my wife, but yeah, at some point, <laughs> I'm sure I'll see her. And then yeah, what I did, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> she is really pretty. 
Hell, I had that happen the other day. There was somebody I just showed a picture of my wife and she was like, oh yeah, she's cute. And I was like, yeah. And then that was it. That was the end of the conversation. And it was just like, it doesn't have to be weird. Right. But we we make such a thing out of that. And then it becomes, because people have made that a thing, now any interactions you have with that now have a weird subtext. Yeah. Even though there's no reason for that to happen. So like, I don't know. It, it's like I said, though, it, it did. It opened the door to an interesting. I It wasn't the, the result of the social experiment I thought it was going to be. So now I kind of have to reevaluate some things. Not saying I need to be posting thirst traps every week, but I think you have to now. <laughs> <laughs> the Internet is spoken. I don't know about that, but at least, you know, reevaluate maybe how some perspectives have changed, or at least the perspective that my, I've cultivated a positive social circle, at least, if nothing else. So I don't know. It, it's something I at least am going to think about more over the next couple of days, because I don't know. It's like a, it's finding a new whole pile of information I haven't had time to really evaluate yet, and I don't know what to do with it. But I thought it was interesting nonetheless. But all right, why don't we wrap it up there, Brian? We're already like an hour and a half. So why don't you tell people... <laughs> Where to find you on social media? All right, uh, my OnlyFans. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am DL Caesar on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Our family channel on YouTube is Alice Ever After. Uh, I still don't have an OnlyFans, but you can find me pretty much everywhere else at Power Dragon, P O W R D R A G N, or The Power Dragon over on TikTok. Oh, you know, you can just find me on YouTube every single day or come by one of my streams. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, whatever is appropriate for you. Just remember to stay safe out there. It's still a little dangerous. And be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. <laughs>